Well, thank you so much for the uh, great worship opportunity. I am blessed and honored to be here and to be here with my fellow uh, friends from Truett Seminary. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the four years that I was able to spend here and Dr. Garland and uh, the faculty and the staff here are just wonderful and you as students are uh, blessed to be able to study in this place with these leaders of yours and I uh, thank them, uh, Dr. Garland in particular, for uh, allowing us, Texas Baptists, to spend a few minutes with you. We are, and we are honored and do not take that, uh, take this opportunity lightly whatsoever. And I thank my colleagues from uh, the Baptist General Convention of Texas for being here today. Um, as the old saying goes, before I uh, preach, I have something to say. Uh, when I was a pastor uh, in, in the last church, I was there for 14 years, and one of my, really, and this is true, one of my dear friends, uh, one of our younger deacons, had a, at the time, he had a five-year-old son. And he taught his five-year-old to, you know, as the pastor stands at the door after the service and people come by and some of them tell you how wonderful a message that was. Not all. But he taught his five-year-old son to come by every Sunday and the little boy would raise his hand to me and say, Preacher, that was a nice little talk. <laughs> I begin with that so that you'll know, I, you know, this, I may have today more of a little talk than a sermon. Now, you've got great professors here, and you have wonderful preachers here uh, who will be in this pulpit uh, before me and after me, but uh, I hope I bring something that's a little bit different today because I want to talk about uh, the issue that is, is the forefront of who we are as Baptists in Texas, and that issue is Texas. So I'm here to share with you a little bit about Texas and Texas Baptist and an appeal to you as students that you are now more than ever in the history of this state needed in this state to do your work in ministry. Now, I'm not going to stand in the way or, or uh, any of that, uh, wherever God would lead you, wherever God would take you, wherever God would call you. Uh, Texas Baptist, we would want to affirm that and embrace that and support you and, and always, but I am here on some level to, to say you are needed in Texas now more than ever, and I hope to illustrate that here in these next few minutes. Now, I'm a native Texan. I'm a lifelong Baptist. I was a Baptist long before I became a Christian. I, uh, I was uh, born out here at Hillcrest Baptist Hospital in Waco. Uh, so I take a little pride in being a Texan, I, you know, a little. Uh, I know that Texas 
because we were once our own country, the Republic of Texas. Uh, We're the only state of all the United States that's allowed to fly our flag at the same level as the flag of the United States. I know that. Uh, You know, I like that. (laughs) I was in Washington, D.C. not long ago trying my best to represent Texas Baptist in a gathering of Baptists from around the world. And I'm a patriotic kind of a guy, so I like to see those monuments and memorials that are there and drive past the Washington Monument. And even though it's got scaffolding all around it as it's being repaired, you know, it's still a beautiful structure. But then I, I remember that it's not the tallest stone monument in the United States. You know, that's in Laporte, Texas, just east of Houston. You and I know it as the San Jacinto Monument. And it's 15 feet taller than the Washington Monument and some places I say, as it should be. Uh, But I don't say that everywhere. Texas is unique. You know how far it is from El Paso, Texas to San Diego, California? It's 725 miles. But from El Paso, Texas to Texarkana, Texas? Now that's 815 miles. So this is just a unique place, and in its uniqueness, uh, apparently, a lot of people are finding themselves coming to Texas. I don't know if you saw the latest Time magazine with Texas on the front. And the, the picture of Texas here is drawn up of all the other states, and the The point of the article here is that people from all around the United States are migrating to Texas and the writer goes through about 10 different reasons for that. For example, in 2012 alone, from the other 49 states, 106,000 people moved to Texas. Since the year 2000, One million people more have moved to Texas from the other states than have moved out of Texas to other parts of the country. In the last 20 years, four million people from California have moved to Texas. I say that so that you will know we are as never before as believers in Texas up against a tremendous uh, challenge. Texas is experiencing two incredible things. We are growing in numbers and we are growing in, in diversity. Just the first 10 years of Of this century, 2000 to 2010, our population increased by 4,300,000 people. It would be like everyone from the state of Kentucky just up and moving to Texas in a 10-year time span. It's, It's remarkable what's happening in this state. But it's not just people migrating here from other states. People are immigrating to Texas in all kinds of ways which leads to tremendous diversity. 
Do you know the most culturally diverse city in the United States of America is not Miami or New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, but it is Houston, Texas? And the most culturally diverse zip code in the United States is in Irving, Texas. So we have this growing population and this growing diversity that is creating tremendous challenges for us. Three of the five fastest growing cities in the United States today are in Texas, Dallas, Austin, and Houston. As a matter of fact, if you looked at, at demographics and you projected out to, to 2040, and that's not that far away, but in 2040, more than 30 million people will live in three major metropolitan areas in Texas alone. The Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area, the Houston area, and believe it or not, the Austin-San Antonio area basically will become one large, massive metropolitan area. 30 million people living just in those three regions. Region number four is the Rio Grande Valley, and region number five is El Paso. So Texas is growing, and it's becoming more diverse. By the end of 2018, Texas will be something like this will be approximately 45% Hispanic, will be about 39% Anglo, around 10% African American, about 4% Asian, and 2% a whole host of other nationalities and ethnic groups. And that's just ethnicity. What about in terms of religion and faith. Today, 2013, in Texas, to the best of our understanding, there are 147 different religions in Texas, 147 different faith communities. Now, if you look at those 147 different faith communities, 55% of all Texans will say that on some level they belong to one of those faith communities. I guess you could say from one manner of speaking, 55% of all the people living in Texas today say to some degree they believe in something or someone. But that also means that today... 45% of all the people living in Texas have no connection whatsoever on any level to any faith community of any kind. They don't believe basically spiritually in anything or in anyone. So that's a little bit about Texas. And frankly, the challenge that is in front of us as Texas Baptists. So the verses we read, you know them. I don't need to read them again, but I want to highlight a phrase. Make disciples of all nations. I think for our purposes, at least this morning, you could say make disciples of all Texans 
And it almost means the same thing. It doesn't, but in a way, our state is growing so quickly and diversifying so rapidly, the challenges in front of us are enormous. And so the question is, what do we have? What do you as Truett Seminary students have that you could bring to to this work of ours as Texas Baptists? Well, it's the same thing that we have currently as Texas Baptists. What do we have to offer people that might encourage them, maybe entice them to consider this person of Jesus Christ and becoming a disciple of his? What do we have to put out in front of them? Well, I think it's our answer is both simple and profound. It's simple to say things like this. We offer life. Don't we? Life. Eternal life. Whosoever believes in me will not perish but have eternal life. We offer life. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundant. So we offer life. It's simple to say that. Liberty, we offer that. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We offer life. We offer to the people of Texas and beyond liberty. We offer love, don't we? Unconditional love. People have all kinds of needs, but the, but the greatest needs they have are the need to feel competent, the need to belong and by the way, somebody at lunch asked me about the, the, the greatest failing of our church today, and I'll talk about the need, the way we're failing to make people feel like they belong. But the need to be loved. It's simple to say life and liberty and love, it kind of flows in the preacher lingo. But it is profound. Because we have to offer the one thing everyone you know both wants and needs, whether they can express it or not. It is deeply profound to think that everyone you encounter wants and needs life. They want and they need liberty. They want and they need love. And that's exactly what God has given us to offer the people of Texas. And I want you to know a little bit about what we are doing to make that offer. So today, this week... Your Baptist General Convention of Texas, we are engaged in ministry, making this offer to the people of Texas in 69 different languages. 70 if you count the cowboy churches. <laughs> but think about that. We're offering life and liberty and love in 69 different languages, including sign language. But we're missing language after language and ethnic group after ethnic group because we just don't have the leaders yet who are believers. If you want to do mission work, go wherever God takes you. The world needs all of you out there, but you can do mission work, really, and never leave the borders of this state. We're starting churches. So far this year, we've started more than 120 new churches in Texas. 
Some of those are fairly traditional kinds of church starts like you would think of. They've got a pastor and they've got a building, but we're starting more churches now that don't have those and may never have those. We call them organic churches. I get asked the question periodically, well, are those real churches? From January through July of this year, we had started 63 organic churches. And through those 63 organic churches, and these are churches that meet in houses and they just have a leader. They meet in apartment complex club rooms. They meet in a park like the one in Corsicana. They meet in a warehouse like the motorcycle church out in Mount Pleasant. They meet all over Texas and all kinds of places. Are those real churches? Well, Those 63 churches through the first seven months of this year had led 1,800 people to Jesus, and that sounds like a real church to me. So we're starting new churches. We're engaged on 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 the, the college campuses around Texas. You know, there are more than 170 college and university campuses in Texas. And we don't have a presence on all of them yet. I hope we can say that someday soon we do. But this fall... We have 184 campus missionaries, campus ministers on 116 college and university campuses in this state. When I was raising my children, I probably would have told you that the most vulnerable and the most impressionable in society were four, five, and six-year-olds. But I've changed my mind on that. The most vulnerable and the most impressionable, I think maybe 17, 18, and 19-year-olds. And we need to be on those college and university campuses offering grace and light, life and liberty and love to college students. And I will tell you, in Texas, certainly in other parts of the country and around the world, but in many of our Texas universities and colleges, they are spiritually dark and some of them intentionally spiritually dark. But we are there doing this work and we need you to join us in that work. Maybe God's leading you to be a chaplain. So far, we have in, we, we've endorsed 777 chaplains. I told them the other day, stop right there. That's got to be the perfect number of chaplains. And we'll only get new ones now as these military chaplaincy, hospital chaplaincy, marketplace ministry chaplaincy. Whatever it is that God leads you to do, we want to be your friends in that and walk alongside you with that. You'll need someone to endorse you with that, and that's who we are, and that's what we do as, as the Baptist General Convention of Texas. So I just, we're out there doing this work. We're, we, we've got a Christian Life Commission in Austin that's seeking for, for positive change in the social climate of our state, and, and we need you to be a part of that movement evangelism and missions. We've got these new conferences that that we're we're beginning to introduce around the state called apologetic conferences. Really, we call them unapologetic conferences. We're teaching, trying to teach our people in Texas to contend for the faith. And you know what we've learned when we offer one of these unapologetic conferences? The age of our attendees drops significantly. Because the younger people of, who, who are believers in Christ, they want to learn how to contend for the faith and to do so in ways that are, are not abrasive but, but, but open and welcoming to conversation. But they want to do so with a firm conviction about who they are and what they believe. Just like Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, I know it is in whom I am, have believed. And that's who we are as Texas Baptists. We know what we believe. We know in whom it is we believe. So going forward... 
I wish I could tell you more about all the things that we were doing. I just have time to touch space on a few things. But Truett Seminary, I'm not sure I can name an institution in Texas is more valuable to our future as Texas Baptist than Truett Seminary. And how valuable you can be to this work. Again, we want to affirm you wherever God takes you, whatever he calls you to do. But I'm here today to make an appeal. Consider Texas as your mission field. Now, in conclusion, I was taught in seminary never to say that. You know, never say finally. <laughs> your audience, you know, in the, in the Baptist church, you know, they think you mean that. But finally, I do have a couple of invitations to, to give you. One, I want to invite you to come visit our Baptist building. Professors, I'd like to invite you to come or bring your students. We'd love to host you in our Baptist building for a day. This is an invitation from your Texas Baptist family to you. We want you to come there. We want you to know who we are, and we want you to know what we do. That's an invitation to you. I'd like to offer you a job, sort of. <laughs> we would love to have you apply for some of our positions in our, in our Baptist, Texas Baptist work. Just go online, Texas Baptist with an s.org look at the available positions and see if there's something that maybe god uh, spurs in your heart we'd love to have you engaged with us in that and so i'd like to invite you to do that and lastly did i already say finally once (laughs) starting this january we will have an internship available in our building for you Frankly, we like to think of it as the premier internship mentoring opportunity uh, for you as Truett students. We're actually going to pay you. Consider that. Dr. Creech can help you navigate that application and and work with us on that. But, But if you'd like to come and be a part of us for a semester, engage in this work and learn all that there is, and there's so much more than what I've talked about today, we want you to consider that. All right, that's the end of my little talk about Texas and Texas Baptist. I think our best day can be ahead. We need you. Thank you.